Neil, Tetris M is a part of what communications network? Well, so Tetris M is part of the space network. It will be the final spacecraft in the third generation fleet uh, that belongs to the space network. How many networks are there? So there are a total of three networks. Uh, we have the space network, we have the near-Earth network, and we have the deep space network. One of the benefits of the space network is the fact that it offers a capability that you wouldn't necessarily get with the near-Earth network and the deep space network as it relates to low-Earth communications. As many people know, the Earth is made up of 71% water, with the other 29% taking up land. And so it's not very easy to go and stick ground stations in the oceans. So it's very difficult to maintain communications over those regions using traditional methods. TDRS allows you to be able to communicate over those regions specifically and maintaining communications like you were if you had a ground station there. And the benefit really comes in when it comes to human spaceflight. When the crew members are flying on the International Space Station over water, they are still able to communicate with the folks back at home. And the only way they could do that is with TDRS. You talk about launch. Will the TDRS network have anything to do with the launch of the actual TDRS M satellite? Absolutely. Uh, so it's actually very self-serving. With Atlas V, TDRS will be pointing directly at that rocket and be able to provide communication services and provide the necessary data to assess the performance of that launch vehicle as it takes TDRS-M into its geostationary orbit. Now, TDRS not only handles US-based launches, they handle them from all around the world? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So one of the things that we do in our office specifically is integrate all these different missions with the space network and all the different uh, necessary network assets, such as the near-Earth network. Case in point for our JAXA counterparts, uh, the Japanese Space Agency, TDRS is there and basically waiting for HTV, the Japanese cargo vehicle for the space station, to arrive into orbit and then provide communication services. One of the things that we are also doing with commercial crew programs is ensuring that TDRS is available and providing continuous communications via TDRS-M and any other TDRS that happen to be located in the Atlantic Ocean region. And with that, we will be able to provide continuous communications as well as continuous data back to the folks at Hawthorne, in the case of SpaceX, back to Mission Control Center Houston for Starliner and for the folks that essentially run the missions day to day. TDRS-M is the last in this series of uh, communication satellites being launched. What is the future for uh, near-Earth space communications beyond TDRS-M? So beyond TDRS-M, there are multiple uh, initiatives already underway. Many folks already know that there are small companies out there that are trying to do the same thing with commercial ground stations. We here at NASA are trying to do something even more exotic. We're going more into optical communications, and we are going to be showing demonstrations of that, both from a geostationary-based uh, communication system. We'll be doing it from the space station. And in the future, on the second Orion mission from the moon, we will be planning on doing a laser communications operations right from the Orion spacecraft, from the crew members, back to the ground. With that, you'll be able to go and observe 4K UHD video right from the moon. <laughs>